Well, good evening, and thank you all for joining us here online for our evening service here at Gospel Baptist Church. Obviously, it's a little bit different than what we're used to, but uh, thankfully for technology, we're still able to have these services online. And I hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you all, you all out there. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am Thomas Sweat. I'm the youth director here at Gospel Baptist Church. And uh, last week, Pastor Lytell asked me if I would do the uh, Sunday evening service, and I was uh, excited to to be able to do this here tonight, and I hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you all here tonight. So if you have your Bibles, could you please turn to Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40, and we're going to be taking a look at verses 29 through 31, Isaiah chapter 40 and verses 29 through 31. Now the title of my message here tonight is The Holy Spirit's Strengthening ministry. Uh, now, I'm sure many of you here tonight, if you are watching us by video or are listening to this uh, message by audio, I'm sure most of you out there probably have a license and you have a car. And obviously, a car is going to need a specific liquid in order to be able to run. And obviously, that's gas. A car is going to have to have gas if it's going to run. Now, there's two kinds of people in this world. You have those people when the gas gauge is about halfway You'll have those people that'll be freaking out like, oh man, I got to go. I got to get some gas. My gas tank is just about out. I only have a couple more bottles left until this thing's going to be completely dead. And then you have those other people. You have the people that are like me. I like to live life on the edge. When that gas gauge is at halfway, that's practically a whole tank to me. Quarter tank, I've oh, still got tons of time. When it hits empty, oh, that's about the time I might be thinking about it. But then I kind of make it into a little game. You see, like when that gas gauge is on empty, lots of times I would be driving by a gas station. I would think, you know, I should probably stop and get some gas. I'm like, I could probably get a little bit further. And I go to the next gas station to kind of make it a little bit of a game. You know, I can get a little bit further. I can go a little bit further. And then all of a sudden you'll hear that orange dinging bell be going off. Bing, 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 bing. Get gas, get gas, get gas. And then, you know, I'll, I'll finally end up getting gas. But, you know, I like to live life on the edge in that way. And I think really I learned it. From my mom. You see, my mom likes to live life on the edge as well. Uh, I can remember one story in particular when uh, she was driving all of my cousins to school. There was all seven of us in the vehicle, so we had a big old van and we were headed to school. And obviously, you know, Murphy's Law, you know, things always happen at the worst possible time. And so in this case, we were on our way to school and it was the most important day of the entire school year. It was on a Monday, and it was during SAT testings. Obviously, this was a government testing, so every elementary school student in the state had to take it. And so it was a really important test to be there for. And we got into the van, we turned it on, and the gas gauge was almost empty. And then we're like, okay, well, we're already running late, so let's just try to see if we can get there. And so we got about three-quarters of the way there, and all of a sudden, the gas, the engine starts puttering, put, 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 and then boom, nothing. Try to turn it on again, absolutely nothing. We had run out of gas entirely. And so obviously, we got on the phone. We're trying to call people, trying to see if we can get anybody there so we can get to school for that day because it was a really important day. We had to take these tests, and people that we got a hold of, they're like, okay, we're at work. We can't be there for you know 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, and then it was just awful. And so we're sitting there in a car about 15, 20 minutes, and then all of a sudden we're just like, well, I guess we'll just 
So we'll try to walk to a gas station or something, or, you know, hopefully somebody will help us out. And as soon as we walk out, step outside the door, all seven of us uh, elementary school kids uh, walked outside that door. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, boom, there's people stepped out, uh, stepped in, tried to help us out. We got some gas and we were able to get to school a little late, but uh, we made it do. We got our SAT test done. You see, running out of gas in your car is one thing, but running out of gas in your spiritual life is a completely different thing. See, running out of your gas, running out of, 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 of energy in your spiritual life is possibly the worst possible thing for a Christian. You see, being weary has a profoundly negative effect on our Christian life and our walk with the Lord. It really has the power to destroy a Christian's life entirely. And to be honest, almost every single Christian in their lifetime, they'll face some kind of spiritual tiredness, weariness, where you're just kind of broken down and you kind of think, okay, is this really worth it? Is this really true? And you kind of just kind of becomes a routine per se. Um, I went to a, a Christian college all five years. I got my master's degree as well. And and both of those colleges that I went to, we would have chapel every single weekday. So, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and obviously on Sunday, we'd have uh, services at the, on campus there as well. And really, well, lots of Christian college students, when, when they're there, I'd say a good majority of them really do want to serve the Lord. They really do want to do what's right and serve the Lord with their life. But obviously, there's some that don't want to. But I think the biggest thing with a lot of the Christian college students, a lot of us and I mean, to be honest, myself included, sometimes we kind of get weary. We kind of get tired of, of spiritual things, going to chapel every day, having these services all the time. Many of us kind of become weary in our spiritual life and also physically too sometime. I remember one day, it was uh, during a finals week, I believe it was. And, and obviously we were having all-nighters that whole week, trying to get projects done, trying to get things done before the end of the semester. And I can remember one day I went to chapel and I was just, I was tired. I was exhausted. I was up all night, practically the night before trying to get my projects done. And so I was really tired that service. And so I got into the service and I was like, well, I'm sure this is something I've heard before. I've heard thousands of messages. This is probably just another one that I've heard before. And so I was in chapel and I was like, okay, well, I'll just take a, take a little nap, you know? And so all of a sudden I started to doze off a little bit and my, my head kind of, begin to bob a little bit. And the longer you're in college, the better you are at kind of faking, you know, being awake when you're really actually asleep. And then that day wasn't the case. All of a sudden I fell asleep and my head was about sideways, facing downwards like this. And all of a sudden I didn't wake up until the very end of the service. Everybody got up there singing an invitational song. And all of a sudden I woke up and I noticed that there was a big puddle of drool right on my shirt. It was absolutely disgusting. And the worst part was that I still had a strand of slobber hanging right down from my mouth, right to, right to my shirt. It was disgusting. It was awful. It was embarrassing. I'm sure there was lots of other college students that saw me. I'm sure it was on uh, Facebook and I'm sure people took pictures of it. And it was just awful. It was embarrassing. You see, I became tired and really in a sense, I somewhat became spiritually tired, spiritually weary. You see, I got to a point where I was like, okay, this chapel message probably isn't for me. I've probably heard it before. That was a case for many of us Christian college students. We want to do what's right. We want to do what's right for the Lord, but we kind of just become spiritually 
weary, spiritually tired. I'm sure that might be some of you here today. I'm sure some of you might become spiritually tired and weary. You know what? But the Holy Spirit, He's there to strengthen us. He's there to help us push through those times where we are spiritually down. First of all, I want us to see here tonight, point number one, the Holy Spirit, He leads and guides. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now let's take a look at this phrase in here when it says, led by the Spirit of God. Okay, so what's so important about being led in our life by God's Holy Spirit? Well, I want us to see that tonight, that without Him, without God's Holy Spirit, we are easily deceived. We're going to be easily deceived in this life. You see, many people in this life, they're led by their emotions. You know, lots of college students, they want to do what's fun. They want to do what's fun for them. They want to, they want to go to, to a job or a career that they think is going to be fulfilling for their own selves. You know, a career that's going to make them a ton of money. They like to, be, like to make decisions based on their emotions. And that's many of us. We like to make decisions based on those emotions that we have. But you see, I kind of consider that like a pilot flying into a whole bunch of clouds. You see, on board every airplane, there are instruments that are critical to flying the aircraft. Those instruments will give a true reading of how the aircraft is flying. You see, on a clear day, a pilot may not need some of these instruments. But there are some situations that render a plane's instruments vital to the pilot's survival. For example, if a pilot finds it necessary to use evasive maneuvers in battle, he can become so disoriented that he is unable to discern whether the plane is flying up into the clouds or straight down into the ground. You see, planes and pilots would call this flying into the soup or flying into the clouds when they become disoriented. You see, they become so disoriented in those clouds sometimes that they completely lose all sense of their direction. And really in our life, that can sometimes be our emotions. Whether it's anger towards someone or hatred towards someone, we make some pretty dumb decisions based off of those emotions. You see, our emotions can sometimes cloud our judgment and we can't see the way which the Lord would have us go. See, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understandings. You see, in the same way that pilots become disoriented in those clouds, we let those emotions disorient our minds and our decisions that we make and the choices that we make. You see, we can't rely on our own understanding, but rely on Jesus Christ and the leading of his Holy Spirit. You see, without the Holy Spirit, or with the Holy Spirit, we can be safely led. I wonder how many of you here tonight, you're probably, I'm sure there's some of you out there that are just absolutely terrible with directions. I am terrible, I'll admit it. I am awful with directions. Give me a map, and I wouldn't even know which way is north, south, east, west. I am just awful. I'm terrible with directions. But thankfully, I grew up in a time where we had a GPS. I mean, we got GPS on our smartphone. We got GPS just about everywhere. You see, like I grew up in a pretty good time where I didn't have to be necessarily great at directions. All I have to do is have some cell phone service and I'll be able to find right exactly where I want to go. 
But you know what? If I don't have this cell phone, if my cell phone might run out of battery or whatever it may be, I probably won't even be able to find my way home from church. And I drive this just about every single day of my life. You see, I'm just terrible. I'm awful with directions if I don't have my GPS, if I don't have my smartphone on me that can get me home. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is somewhat the same way as this GPS. You know, without the Holy Spirit, myself, you all here tonight, it's hard for you to get through life, to find God's purpose for your life without being guided by the Holy Spirit. You see, there's four ways in which the Holy Spirit guides us here today. There's four ways in which the Holy Spirit guides us. First off, the Holy Spirit, he guides us to the truth. John chapter 16 and verse 13 says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. You see, the Holy Spirit's there and he's supposed to guide us and he will guide us into all the truths that are found in God's word. You see, God gave us his Bible and this is where we find all the truths that we need to know in this life can be found in God's word. It's kind of like if you were an elementary school student or your teacher told you to, you know, do homework on page 107 and you get home and you realize that you forgot your book. You see, getting your homework done without a book is going to be kind of hard. But lots of people are trying to get through life without, you know, reading God's word and really being guided by his word and finding his truth that's found in the Bible. You see, the Holy Spirit will guide us. It will help us determine what the truth is. And the truth is found in God's word. And he'll help us interpret his word through the lens of the Holy Spirit. So first of all, the Holy Spirit, when he guides us, he's going to guide us into the truth. Second of all, the Holy Spirit, he's going to guide us away from sin. The Holy Spirit is going to guide us away from sin. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, the lust of the flesh here includes many different things. It includes greed, includes pride, includes lust, and includes various other sins. It's kind of all the sins wrapped into one. You see, that's our own fleshly desires, things that we want to do, places that where we want to go, our own fleshly desires. You see, but with the Holy Spirit, he's going to guide us to God's purpose that he has in our life. We follow the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide us to God's pursuit and pursuing godliness and holiness and happiness. That's where the Holy Spirit guides us. That's where he leads us. So your own flesh is going to lead us to, to greed, to pride, to all these other sins, all those other fleshly desires. You see, he guides us away from sin. Third, the Holy Spirit, he guides us to our purpose. The Holy Spirit's going to guide us to our purpose. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. See, that was Jesus' calling. He was come to the earth so he can die on the cross for our sins. That was Jesus' calling on this earth. And you see, when we seek and when we are guided by the Holy Spirit, he's going to show us those gifts that he has given every single one of us here tonight. You see, every single one of us here tonight, we have a special gift that God has given us in order to 
to complete his calling. In order to fulfill God's calling, he's given each and every single one of us special gifts. See, for some of us here tonight, it may be the gift of teaching. Hey, you can use that gift to teach a Sunday school class, to preach. You can use that gift of teaching to serve the Lord. Now, some of you, it may be to be a businessman. Hey, be the best businessman that you can be. Hey, that with that money that you get from that business that might be a successful business, hey, give it to those in need. Give it to the poor. Tithe it. Give it to the church so we can help others. Give it to others. See, the Holy Spirit, he gives each and every single one of us special gifts. And with those gifts, we can pursue God's calling for our life. You see, with the Holy Spirit, we're safely led. And also with him, obviously, first off, he's going to guide us to the truth. Second of all, he's going to guide us away from sin. And third, he's going to guide us to our purpose. He's going to guide us to that purpose that he has in our life. You see, we have to remember that we're never alone in this life. With our pursuits, with our callings, the Holy Spirit is going to be with us each and every single step of the way. He's going to guide us in our life. Second of all, here tonight, I see that the Holy Spirit, he assures us. The Holy Spirit assures. He assures us of a couple of things. First off, he assures us of unconditional love. You see, what's so great about being a Christian is that we are loved unconditionally. We are loved no matter who we are, no matter where we've came from, no matter what past sins we've done, no matter what failures we have in our life, God loves us unconditionally. He loves us no matter what. In an illustration one time, it talks about a TV consecutive you see, he called a pastor of a metropolitan church and told the pastor that he thought that his son was in that city that that pastor was in and that he was in, involved in the drug culture. He asked the preacher if he would try to find the boy and do something with him. See, about four months had passed and the boy was finally found and was told the gospel. He accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. The preacher told the boy to pick up the extension that he would call his father. The preacher told the father that his son had been found and that he accepted Jesus Christ as his savior. The father replied, I don't care about that. I want to know how long his hair is. Has he taken a bath? And will he apologize to his mother? You see, the boy ran out of the study and his father never saw him again. You see, this father's love for his son, it was conditional. It was based off of, okay, is my son what I want him to be? You know, is he, is he that successful businessman? Is, is he have any failures in his life that I don't want? You see, the father's love for his son, that was conditional. It was based off of, of what the father wanted the son to be. That's what's so great about Jesus. He loves us where we are and he wants us to come unto him with all of our sins, with all of our failures, with all of our faults. God loves us and wants us to come unto him. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, Christ died for you. Christ died for me. Christ died for every single one of, every single person on this entire earth. God died for them, and he loves them. And he loves them unconditionally. You see, the Holy Spirit assures us of unconditional love. The Holy Spirit also assures us of complete acceptance. 
Ephesians 1 verse 6 says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us to be accepted in the beloved. What a great thought that is, that we are accepted in the family of God, regardless of what we've done in the past. And whenever we make a mistake, hey, he's there with open arms to forgive us. And he loves us no matter what. Third tonight, I see that the Holy Spirit, he comforts. The Holy Spirit comforts. When I think of this, I imagine the disciples when Jesus left. You see, these disciples had been with him for his whole entire earthly ministry. And man, they saw a lot of stuff happen. They saw Jesus turn water into wine. They saw him raise the dead back to life. They saw God do all these amazing miracles. Jesus do all these amazing miracles. And then all of a sudden, obviously he had to die on the cross for our sins and he had to go away from this earth. And all of a sudden the disciples, I'm sure they're fearful. They were scared. They were with Jesus, that had, had, they, with him. When they were close to him, they had safety. All of a sudden he was gone. But you know what? God, Jesus didn't leave him with nothing. He says he left them something greater than himself to comfort them. John chapter 14 and verses 16 through 17 says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever and ever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. Also, John chapter 16 and verses 6 through 7 says, But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. See, when Jesus left this earth, he gave the disciples a greater Comforter. He gave them the Holy Spirit to be with them, to live inside of them, to help guide their life. You see, we have that Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian here today, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, that comforter in your heart. And because of that, we are released from fear. Yeah, have you ever had a, I'm sure all of you in this, this room and all of you uh, listening to us online, I'm sure you've had some kind of fear in your life that just absolutely took over you. Uh, one day I remember in college, seems like all my illustrations come from college because that's when a lot of crazy things has happened. But in college, one day I had a, a big uh, digital media project due. I believe I had to get a video ready for a class that I had to do and I had to edit it all and get it all together and then I had to turn it into the teacher. And it was coming up to the last day and I had pretty much everything ready to go and then all of a sudden, I turn on my laptop, try to get started, and it, and it just wouldn't start. The video would not start. It wouldn't play. I couldn't get it rendered. I couldn't get it out there. I couldn't get it ready to go. And it was, I was fearful. That grade, that was 25% of my grade. And I knew if I didn't have that in, I would almost be done for in that class. And it was my senior year. I was freaking out. I was calling my parents. I was calling everybody. I was just like, I don't know what to do. I'm trying to get it done. I was calling all my friends, trying to see if I could get it playing on their computer. I could not get it done. I was fearful. I was really fearful. I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to get that done. See, fear completely took over my life in that day. 
I finally ended up getting it done and I got it finished, but man, I was fearful. I was really scared about getting that project turned in. And obviously that was small. There might be some people in here are fearful for many different reasons. It may be financial fear. Maybe finances aren't going so well in your life. Obviously with this virus going around, it's affected the economy a little bit. Maybe you've lost a bunch of money and you might be fearful because of financial reasons. It might be school related. Some of you guys may be in school right now. It might be some grades or whatever it may be. It might be school related where you have fear in your life. You got to get those grades up. You got to do what you need to get done in order to pass those classes. It may even be health related. I'm sure many of you in here are affected some way. Obviously, again, with the virus going around, you may know somebody that has, uh, has the virus or, or even just somebody has cancer. Or you might be fearful for many different reasons. But you know what? With the Holy Spirit, we can be released from that fear. John chapter 14 and verse 27 says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, being a Christian doesn't mean that all heartaches, all, all troubles in our life are going to go away. No, it doesn't mean that. But you know what? We have that comforter that lives inside of us as a Christian. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. See, we have that peace of God that passes all understanding. Because we have that Holy Spirit, we have that comforter that lives inside of us. You see, we're also rescued from sorrow. First Peter chapter 5, and verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. See, God loves you. He cares for you. He's there to help get you through those hard times, through those troubling times in life. And we have that comforter, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And fourth and finally here tonight, point number four is the Holy Spirit renews strength. The Holy Spirit renews strength. I don't know how many of you guys out there like running, but I ran a little bit in, in, in college, not a whole lot. So I'm not a, a really uh, big on running. I never really ran a marathon or anything special, but I did a little bit of running, but whether or not you like running or not, whether or not you, you run a whole lot or not, I'm sure you've all heard of the term a second wind. To have a second wind in a race, obviously that's when you get done with the race. It might be a marathon and they're trying to get done with that marathon or it might be a really long race. And all of a sudden they're, they're running out of energy. They feel like they almost can't go any further. And all of a sudden they see that finish line. It's just right in front of them. All of a sudden, they get that second win, and then boom, they'll be able to sprint to the very end. They'll be able to finish that race and be able to finish it strong. You see, the Holy Spirit, He can give us a second win in life. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16 says that He would grant you, according to the riches of glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16 said, for which cause we faint not, but through our, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed every day, our day by day. You see, we might be getting in our ministries, we might become just kind of monotonous. Going to church might be kind of come routine or, or serving in a specific ministry. I know here at Gospel Baptist Church, we love the bus ministry. We have many buses that go out every single week. And you know what? Sometimes going on a bus every single week can sometimes come tiring, kind of come exhausting. And going again and again and again, and any mystery really can kind of come monotonous and tiring. 
But yet that Holy Spirit, he's always there. He's there to give you that second wind, give you encouragement. And there he gets you, get back, get back up and going and get you ready and energized and ready to go and serve the Lord once again. Because it says that the inward man is renewed day by day. That Holy Spirit renews our strength, helps us get back up, helps us get going again in that ministry that he's called us to do. You see, with the Holy Spirit, we can, we can do things greater than we'd ever imagine. Greater things that we can do, we can't do in and of ourselves, but we know that with God, that he can give us the strength to do greater things, go further than we ever thought we could go in this life, do greater things than we ever could have accomplished by ourselves through the power and through the strength of the Holy Spirit. So how about you here tonight? I talked about how this Holy Spirit uh, gives us strength. Gives us hope. He helps guide us in our life. So here tonight, let's take a time to consider what the Holy Spirit's done in our life. You might be a time where you're fearful. Things going on in this world might bring you fear. Hey, with the Holy Spirit, he wants to comfort you. He's the greatest comforter. And you might be getting in life where kind of Christianity is kind of becoming routine. Hey, the Holy Spirit's there to give you that second wind, give you that boost. Pray for it. Pray, read your Bible. He'll give you that second wind, help you keep on going and realize that with the Holy Spirit, you can go farther than you ever thought you can go and you do greater things than you could ever imagine. So take strength, believe in the Holy Spirit. He'll guide you, he'll help you. He'll give you strength to be a greater person than you could ever imagine. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.